Welcome to the Engineering Influence Podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies, sponsored by HDR. We are coming to you from our fall conference taking place at the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs. I am joined by Lauren Evans and Clint Robinson to discuss uh, some topics related to water, energy, and the environment. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Nice to be here. One thing I wanted to start with is Jack Hand, who is receiving the Chair Emeritus Award. Can you talk a little bit about why Jack's deserving of this award and your work with him on the committees? Go ahead. Um, so Jack has been a real force on our committee since he joined it, uh, I don't know how many years ago now. And there's a couple of things I really appreciate about Jack. First of all, his really extensive knowledge of the power and, and energy um, sector, and also his total willingness to share that knowledge with everybody on the committee. I mean, he's he's really free speaking about you know what he knows and things like that. And I think the third thing is he's got this innate curiosity. So he's really good in the meetings of asking questions and connecting the dots and and the commonalities between water and energy. Yeah, I would say exactly the same things, but I would also say that he's kind of the so what guy. I mean, we get fed a lot of information and he's the one that'll sit back and say, you know, okay, what, what do we do with that information? Why is that valuable um, to us? And there are times when we'll ask a question and we don't really get an answer. We can always count on Jack to say, but the question I asked was, you know, what standard should we be learning in order to prepare ourselves as engineers for the cybersecurity market? And as we dance around the answer to that, he kept coming back to it and saying, well, what's that going to be? What's it going to be? How can I prepare my company and the other companies here? So he's always really kind of kept us honest and uh, coming from a water background and him from an energy background, I'm learning a lot about energy um, from him. And he has declared how much he's learned about water uh, from us. And so I, th I think there aren't many places you can go and get that kind of uh, tutorial from both aspects to find out where you have common links. And it sounds like those conversations are so helpful in, as you said, planning for the future and watching the changes over the years. How have you seen the industry, that sector change? Yeah, I... Um, it's, I think it's become more complicated in my experience since starting on the committee. And there's just so many more moving parts to it. And we keep adding things to it, right? We never used to talk about cybersecurity. We never used to talk sustainability and resiliency. And, you know, the things that we always talked about, like Waters of the U.S. and <laughs> NEPA, they're still there and there's still issues. But it's just um, we talk about so many more things now. And when I was first on the committee, it was really focused on legislation and advocacy. And we've expanded into the regulatory side as well. Yeah, and I would say one of the benefits of our committee, as, a, as we just experienced in Long Island for our summer meeting, you know, I'm pretty satisfied that the Suffolk County water guy had never met the Long Island Power Authority guy. Um, and that tells you something about our industry when the two entities that are providing critical human infrastructure to Long Island hadn't been working together. They knew of each other, but they hadn't come to the table to talk about common solutions. And I think that's what we at ACEC can do is bring people that have common interests to a table that they've never been invited to. Those, it's having those different perspectives and having people come to have those conversations that you might not otherwise convene. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's not too many places that I know of where those topics all come together and get talked about in the same room. And, um, you know, we all talk about how we have to break down silos to be more sustainable and resilient. And that's what our committee has been trying to do. Yeah. And I, I moved from an engineering role into a government affairs role. And so I'm representing a company that has both energy and water and communications. And sometimes it's hard to learn all of those crafts in order to do a good job in representing them. And this honestly has been a place where I've been able to come and learn a lot of things that I probably couldn't have had on the job training for, would not have set aside time. So coming and listening to both of them, I really think has empowered me to be better at government affairs because I can really hear both sides to the story. You talked a bit about what is getting added to the committee. What do you see for the future of this? <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I think the future is just going to keep getting added on to. I think I, I don't see anything really going away on our plate. Um, hopefully we can make some real differences, though, in uh, how things are done so that we can get these projects moving faster and, and um design better projects. And I think we we spend an awful lot of time on advocacy here at ACEC, uh, the highest percentage of what we do. And we always seem to be focused on what's going on in Washington, D.C. I would say the, the meat and potatoes in our committee a lot of times is even more so in the regions. And how do we support a member organization? How do we support an executive director through our committee work? And so it's really important when we meet twice a year that one of those meetings is a regional meeting where we can go and learn something more about it. So we're not just feeding the, the beast in D.C. We're also providing support to the um, member organizations around the country. Yeah, and I think that's a great point, Clint, one of the great things that I've appreciated about the committee is you bring people in from all over the country and something is going on in, in Maine that hasn't yet made it to my state of Colorado, but you know it's coming. So it gives you that um, foresight to position the firm and to understand uh, what, what might be happening soon in our state. We do. We have those some there are those states that are canaries in the coal mine where you see that legislation bubble up. You see those regulations happen and you can just envision it cascading across the country. So I think that's that's another reason why having these conversations, making sure that there are people who are from different places throughout the country, working at different size firms in different um, disciplines, helps make all of us stronger. You know, and, and just watching CNN or, you know, things that are happening here, you see so much happening at the federal level that says, let the state decide, let the state decide. And so if Nebraska is doing one thing, it probably is going to trickle over into Kansas or Colorado, right? So knowing that those things are going on, don't surprise the companies when it comes to their state, probably makes it harder for us as an industry with multiple rules and jurisdictions in different states, but we're pretty accustomed to that. So so all the more reason, I think, to have our eyes set on the horizon, not just in one location. And as they say, let the states decide. That's, that's one of the reasons that the state-based advocacy is so important. As they're deciding, we need to be educating and helping them understand the right way to do these things. Yeah, absolutely. Lauren, Clint, thank you so much for joining us. This has been another episode of the Engineering Influence wow. podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you, Allison.